0: Can go to reach kids. A good time. All right, so uh, as you know, we are in the midst of our Engage series, and part of that is uh, engaging with the mission of Jesus by, by engaging with the giving process. So uh, thanks, Tom, for sharing Um so, if you didn't get one of the, um, the Engage 2020 cards, this is just our way to, to think about okay, how do I want to give? How do I want to shape my heart towards the mission of Jesus Christ? Um, we have another week to think about that and consider okay, how, how can I engage with the mission through giving? Um, that in giving these treasures, we would ultimately treasure Jesus Christ more, that we're shaping our hearts as we give. Um, but uh, today we're going to talk about a different aspect of engaging with the mission of Nothing But Jesus. And I think this one is uh, more fundamental than giving. That while, while giving has kind of strong implications, it can indicate where our heart is at. Um, the thing that we want to most fundamentally engage with is worshiping Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is worshiping Jesus. And ultimately we're going to see uh, the story of the, the three wise men. These, these three Gentiles who were far off from Christ but who so longed to worship that they, they went miles and miles. They traveled for the great joy of worshiping Jesus Christ. And I want this to be kind of a, a picture for us of what it looks like to engage with the mission of Jesus by engaging with Jesus Christ himself. They would enjoy him and delight in him and pursue him for that reason. So, um, We're going to look at some obstacles to engaging with Jesus through worship, and then we're going to talk about um, the heart of what it looks like to really engage with Jesus, to really delight in him. So with that in mind, let's turn to uh, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. We're going to see this very familiar story of the three wise men, the magi, who are coming to worship. Read with me. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men or magi came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have called us back to joyful worship. And Father, we thank you that you don't give us anything less but fullness of joy by giving us Jesus and nothing but Jesus and calling us to delight in nothing but Jesus. Father, we ask that you would shape our hearts, that we would joyfully receive that that calling, that role to be worshipers of Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask that you would show us how we can engage in the worship of Jesus. And Father, what obstacles are in our way, what things we are worshiping besides him. Father, would you root out these things And instead, give us great joy and uh, and eyes to see the glorious beauty of Jesus, that we may enjoy uh, worshiping him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Fill us up. Empower us by your spirit. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. So we see this, uh, this ultimate call that if you're going to engage with Jesus, if you're going to engage with nothing but Jesus, you are going to be engaging with the worship of Jesus Christ himself. 2.1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, this seems like a pretty obvious statement, but... uh, To engage with Jesus is to engage in worshiping this one. It goes beyond simply believing in him or obeying him. No, it goes all the way to worshiping him, delighting in him more than anything else, to desire him more than anything else, to lift up Jesus Christ as as the greatest. We have images of this in Scripture, the the pearl of great price, that we would sell everything that we might possess this one, Uh, These pictures of Jesus, who's worth far more than than anything else in existence. And as we engage with Jesus, we have to engage with uh, the reality that he is, this king that we are called to not just obey, but to worship. And to delight in with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's how we're called to, to relate to Jesus Christ. When he comes as king, he comes as king to be worshipped. Now, the great problem with that is uh, we already have kings in our lives that we worship. We already have uh, ourselves set up as kings. And that's where we see this kind of foil between the the three magi who who give so much of their lives to to worship this king that isn't even their king, that seems like... uh, Foreign to them, but they recognize. Okay, they're going to pursue this one and worship him and delight in him. And then we have, on the other hand, uh, those who are freely given Jesus, but refuse to worship and refuse to have him as their king. That they might be kings in their place. So let's look at what Herod and and his response to uh, the Magi's coming. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least of the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. All right, the reality, this is, the, this is a promise from all the way from Genesis, from way, way back, that they're waiting for this king to come, who would rule, who would bring peace, who would bring justice, the final and ultimate king. And yet, in hearing this, what are they they hearing? They're not hearing this great blessing. What are they? They're hearing a curse from God. They are cursed that this king would come, and for King Herod would usurp his kingdom. Would usurp his kingdom. All right, There's a certain person who doesn't like receiving a king of the Jews, the one who thinks he already is king of the Jews. All right. If you have a king coming into your life, if you're the king, uh, you have two choices. You step down and recognize the one true king, or are you, like King Herod, you you fight tooth and nail to hold on to what you think you've got. And that's where King Herod, all right. Uh, This is really sad because... He's not much of a king. He's not a king on this level that Jesus was. The king that was was destined and according to the plan of God all the way back thousands and thousands of years ago. No, what was he? He was an impoverished puppet king of of Rome. And what was he there to do? He was there to appease the people because the Jewish people were known for, for getting rambunctious trying to lift up other rulers and, uh, and causing rebellions. And so what was Herod there? His rule was just there so that he could keep everyone in line and make them content and happy enough and build them fancy enough temples that they would forget that they are actually being oppressed and enslaved by Rome. All right, Herod is not this great king. And for him to hold on to this kingship and reject the the everlasting kingship of the one who is to come, it's this tragic reality. Now, we don't have any sympathy for him because he tries to kill Jesus and kills countless lives to, to try to hold on to this rule. All right, and, but all right, why do we care? Why do we care? We care because we all have the same exact heart as Herod. All right. We are all kings of our own lives. We are kings and queens ruling in our little temples and uh, in our palaces over this little kingdom that we can carve out. And the reality is, as long as we try to be kings and we try to rule, we cannot engage with Jesus Christ. And there's this level, there's this, uh, this plateau that we're going to hit. And we're to say, okay, yeah, Jesus can be my savior. Jesus can be my, my bride. He can be my friend. But we can't get any further because, no, I won't let him be my king. I won't let him tell me how to, how to live my life. I won't let him rule this kingdom that I've established. And we can't engage with Jesus Christ anymore. And the reality is when we, when we enter into that kind of relationship with Jesus, we can't worship anymore. We don't delight. Instead, we, we have the same reaction that Herod did. We're troubled by the coming of Jesus. And when my heart is sick, like, I am troubled by Jesus Christ. And I think when we are all fighting for our kingdoms, we're troubled by Jesus Christ. There's no joy there. There's no worship. Now, some of you probably don't think that you're, uh, you're fundamentally the Herod type. All right, he's, he's a little bit self-inflated, uh, He's a little on the narcissistic side. So maybe you're like the rest of Jerusalem. The rest of Jerusalem responded just as poorly. Look, When King Herod heard this, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem with him. Why? Not because they wanted to be kings, but because they liked the king that they already had. They liked the king that was giving them a peaceful kingdom, even though he was, he was kind of they were blind to the fact that they were, they were enslaved, they were oppressed. This kingdom that was of peace was, was no kingdom at all. And that's where we don't have to be kings ourselves, but we all have kings. We all have kings on the thrones of our lives. And when Jesus comes, we are either troubled by his coming, or we can rejoice and replace those other kings with, with Jesus. Now, what are the kings on the thrones of your life? All right, maybe it's, it's just the comfort and lifestyle that you've been accustomed to. And maybe a certain relationship with, with money or time or relationships maintains that, that lifestyle that maintains the peace, even as you're being oppressed and, and kind of forced into that. Maybe it's this relationship with sin and you say, well, I, I, I want to keep this king on the throne and Jesus keeps trying to usurp the role that I've, the, the role that I've given, this sin. I want to hold on to it so I can't hold on to Jesus. Or maybe it's good things that you've just lifted up way too high and as Jesus comes in, you recognize, okay, he's going to shake these things, but I'm not going to engage with Jesus in these areas. I'm going to keep him contained. He's not going to be king. He's going to be prince. He's going to be friend of my life. He's not going to be Lord. This is in every single one of our hearts. And that's why last week we talked about, okay, what is, what is this thing that we feel like we need, we need to, to focus on that will help us engage in the worship of Jesus Christ, will help us love him, help us enjoy him, What's the thing that needs to be taken off the throne? It's probably, probably you and me that need to be taken off the throne. All right, that's, that's, the, that's the picture of, of Herod and, and Jerusalem, the ones who would reject the king. And we see this, there's like this, it's just like ugly, dark, boring picture of relationship with Jesus. All right, and it's filled with this like murderous envy and and strife. And then over here, we have this beautiful picture. This beautiful picture of these three foreigners who travel halfway across the world so that at at the sight of a star, they can rejoice with exceeding joy. All right, we've been talking about these contrasts in the Christian life, talking about walking in darkness versus walking in light. Or walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit. This is yet another one. Walking in, in our own kingship, or in the kingship of Jesus Christ. In delighting and worshiping this one, enjoying him for all that he is. And I love this picture of the Magi because it, it gives us such a unique picture of like the worth of Jesus Christ. That if we see, we see these people... Like, giving so much just for, like, a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. We see, like, okay, maybe he really is that valuable. Maybe he is that beautiful. Maybe he is that joyful. And maybe I want to line my life up over here with these ones who are seeing that so clearly. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. All right, this is the the beautiful picture of relationship with Jesus, of engaging with nothing but Jesus by worshipping Jesus Christ. Now, that's where we are called not just to obey Jesus or to believe in Jesus. What are we called to? We're called to delight and rejoice, to value and lift up Jesus as our our greatest treasure. That that's what walking in the Spirit is. That's what walking in the light is. It's seeing Jesus for who he really is. Now, that's the difference between... uh, Let's say you're going on a date with your spouse. There's two ways to talk about that date. All right. For the one, uh, you know what, honey? I think I think we really have to do a date tonight because you know you've been pretty grouchy, and uh, you know I th- I feel like it'd be it'd be a good thing for our relationship. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things that you're supposed to do. And so I guess I guess we have to go out tonight. All right. How is that going to make your spouse feel? (laughs) (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) At least it's that. Uh, All right. There's no value there. There's no beauty there. That's like there's no like oh wow like did we just uh, there's going to be a tone to that date that probably isn't going to go very well. Why? Because like. Have you lifted them up? No, you've like, you've made them an obligation and a duty and a bore and something to get off your plate. All right, then we compare that. We compare that with saying, okay, like, honey, you are the delight of my life, and I would like nothing more than to go out with you Friday evening and like enjoy your company and to look into your eyes and to spend our time together, because that's what else would I want in the world? All right, how do they feel then? Yeah, you're, you're gonna have a good date. Good date on that one. Because what is it? It's to delight in someone and to rejoice in them, like, that, that brings value to them, that, that shows their, their infinite worth. All right, that's what we're talking about when we're comparing, interacting with Jesus on this, like, not even the rejection level, but just the, like, obligatory level. Jesus doesn't get any glory in that. That like, oh yeah, I guess I worship Jesus because I'm supposed to and because he's supposed to deserve it. Like, versus this, exceeding joy. That's what worship looks like. Fostering that kind of heart. That we'd want Jesus more than anything else. and we engage with Jesus in worship, that's what we're doing. We're shaping our hearts, and we're we're treasuring this Jesus that we love. Now, when that happens, uh, we see this very natural response. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts: gold and frankincense and myrrh. Or, as they're filled with delight in Jesus, what happens? Like these other things that, that they rightly might delight in. What they they open up, and their treasures just pour out. It's almost like they're making room for Jesus in their hearts. That these things that used to be so valuable, now they're, they're poured onto Jesus and their delight in Jesus is multiplied. That's where this is so much more... Like, last time we talked about giving, this is so much more fundamental than that. If we don't delight in Jesus, then we're never going to get this to this place of a joyful giving. We're never going to get to the place of really enjoying Jesus and seeing him rightly, and, and loving the Christian life, because it gives us Jesus. Now, uh, I think the wise men can be kind of a, a helpful model for us. A helpful model in how we can take a, kind of take the next step in engaging with Jesus through worship. All right, so I'm going to give you four stages here. And I want you to think, okay, what stage should I... Is like, am I called to? What's the next stage in worshiping Jesus? All right, first, first, maybe you need to start looking at the stars. All right, you need to look at the stars. You need to figure out if this king of the Jews is actually the king of the earth. And you're sitting in the Orient and you're off in no man's land and there is a king. And you need to realize that there is a king over this whole earth. And that there is a king that rightly deserves to be worshipped. And if you worship him, there is great joy in worshipping him. You need to ask yourself, okay, do I believe in this king? And if I do believe in this king, am I going to worship him? Or am I going to stay there and let the star pass me by? Now, the second group, the second group. You've seen Jesus. you said, yes, I believe in him. Yes, I want to follow him. But it's time to get on your camel. All right? Some of you are like, yeah, I see the star. I see Jesus. Sure. But you never get on your camel and actually go and worship. Now, you guys are all here, so all of you have gotten on your camel in some sense. <laughs> well done. Uh, <laughs> but maybe this next year looks like, okay, how do I, how do I get to the presence of Jesus How do I, for the sake of my joy, come into the presence of Jesus more often, more diligently, with more purpose? Now, maybe that means, like, getting here on Sunday because you want to be here to worship Jesus. Maybe it means uh, being part of a small group because the the worship of Jesus is there, and you want to worship and and fellowship and and enjoy Jesus together. Maybe it looks like engaging with Scripture or engaging with sermons throughout the week so that you can can kind of come into the presence of Jesus more and more and more. Getting to Jesus, getting in his presence. All right. A third thing that we might kind of be the, the next stage, which is moving from the obligation of these things to delight in these things. That there's one thing to show up, and there's another thing to show up with great joy and a smile on your face. And to read your Bible and be like stoked about the fact that Jesus is there and that he's pouring out his grace there. You're enjoying who he is every time you get a call to worship. That's not easy to do. You have to foster your heart. You have to really look at Jesus. All right, maybe this fourth step is, maybe you're called to, to open your treasures. And to open up your life and say, okay, I want to pour out these treasures at Jesus' feet so I might have nothing but Jesus. Maybe that looks like time. Maybe that looks like talents. Maybe that looks like treasures. But for the sake of having more Jesus, you want to you pour out your life. All right. What's the next step for you? What's the next step for your life? How can you engage with Jesus and engage in worship more and more this, this next year, this Christmas season, tomorrow? That's what we're asking. Now, before you decide what you want to do, uh, we want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus and we to see the Get a glimpse of of what these Magi are really seeing. Now, first, we want to remind ourselves, okay, who is this this Son of God? Who is this Son of God? He's called the Word. He's called the Word. So when God, God created all things, he spoke, and he spoke through Jesus Christ, that through Jesus and for Jesus, all existence came to be. What is the name of this, of this one, the Son of God? All right, when, when they asked his name, right, he's he the great I Am. And he's the I Am because if you were to give him anything, any qualifying beyond that, you couldn't give him a single name because it, it wouldn't exhaust the reality of who he is. So he just says, you know what, I exist. And my existence is the greatest thing that ever happened. And yeah, I can have a hundred other names, but before every other name, I just am and I'm greater than any other thing. this is the one who who dwells in the heavens and who's surrounded by by angels calling out day after day after day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And who fellowshiped on his right and in his left with the the Trinity, the other two persons of God, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he dwelled there in, in holiness and beauty for all eternity before and for all eternity to come. This is the one who, who wraps himself in light and clothes himself with glory. This is the one who is the, the final judge for sin, who cannot stand in darkness that cannot be approached without perfect holiness. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about that, that God, come down, come down, come down, and here he is lying in a manger. And now, what's echoing in his ears? Not holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty by fiery angels. What is he hearing? He's hearing goats and cows and who's at his right and left hand not the father and the holy spirit no this this 16 year old girl who's totally lost and and her husband that tried to divorce her because he had no idea what's going on all right these are now his his caregivers that he might survive all right what is he clothed in Not glory and light. What is he clothed in? He's, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Laying in the hay. This is that God become poor and become weak. Suffering. For us as our king. Now that first picture of Jesus, that alone would be caused for great joy and worship. Alright, and then we have that, that second picture the picture of of Christmas and that should give us greater cause to to worship with exceeding joy. All right, and then we have the third picture. We take that, that Jesus and then he did all of that so he could come up here. So you take on not just poverty and suffering, so you take on Shame and humiliation, and who is at his his left and right hand this time? Two criminals mocking him as they're judged, and what is he clothed in? He's clothed in his his own blood and and the thorn of crown or the crown of thorns, and what is he hearing? He's hearing the mocking of soldiers and the people of Israel that he came to save. The people with hearts just like us, mocking this one who would would come to save us. This is the Jesus who, who has poured down upon him the wrath and judgment of God, who has taken our sins upon his shoulders. That's the one we need to see day in and day out. That is our king. That is the one who who loves us and who who lavishes grace upon us, who rules in the heavens and who calls us like, come, come and and worship. Come and delight in me as as I give myself for you. Now, I have to say, who do I want to be king? I want... I want him to be king. And as I really see Jesus, I start to see, okay, maybe I need to get off the throne. Maybe there's one who is, who is far better. Maybe there's one who has a plan that actually is, is far better than the plan that I would have for my life. Maybe there's one who's more, more beautiful than the things of the world. all of these other kings that are, that are before me. I really do think he's better. And I really do think that, that following him and delighting in him will bring real joy and real pleasure and real contentment. That's what we're called to. They would see him and with exceedingly great joy we'd bow down There's this, uh, there's this picture that we used to use in, in Campus Crusade. And it was we'd share, we'd share the gospel, and then we'd say at the end, okay, you have two pictures here. On the one hand, is there's, this, there's a little throne and a little stick figure on it. A, and then there's a cross way off in the distance. And it's saying, okay, you can have this life, and you are on the throne of your life, you are ruling, and Jesus is somewhere off. Or you can have this life where. On that same little throne is the cross of Jesus Christ. And where are you? You are at his feet worshiping. All right. Those are your your two options. Those are our two options. And what what did everyone say? Every single person we ever shared with us said, "Uh, how about I I want to be right in the middle? (laughs) No, you can't be in the middle. All right. You don't get to, if Jesus is on the throne, you don't get to go sit on Santa's lap, all right? You don't get to sidle up there and like, hey, I'll rule alongside you. Like, we'll, we'll work together on this. All right, no. Because you're not going to do a good job, and you ruin your life, and you're not going to do the things that are of exceedingly great joy. All right, so what are we called to? Day by day by day, we engage with Jesus to get off the throne. And to enjoy the fact that he is king. And to to really love this one. That we get to be under his rule and delighting in who he is. Amen? Amen. So go go enjoy Jesus. Amen? All right. Any questions? If it's about elaborate details related to the Magi, please don't ask. what country were they from? <laughs> Good. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And we confess that so often we have other kings and and we want to be the kings of our lives and we want to we want to worship other things and we are troubled by your coming. And Father, we see others worshiping and and our hearts uh, move away. And so, Father, we ask that you would change our hearts. We ask that we would see the the infinite value of Jesus, that we would love him and delight in him, that it would be our exceedingly great joy to to go to him and to worship. Father, we ask that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit uh, to take steps that we could not take uh, without your help that we would see, see this king and that we would travel and we'd come to his presence, that we would rejoice and enjoy him and that our heart would overflow, that our treasures would be poured out, that we may have the treasures of Jesus. Father, give us eyes to see the, the true beauty and glory of Jesus Christ. Would you use this season and this time to, to help us And to shape us into those who really do worship Jesus. Would we have everything because we've given? uh, We have nothing but Jesus. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name.